This episode is brought to you by our top patrons, by that dirty little bear of a man, BJ DeBlow. He would have started his own podcast, but he was too chicken shit. And if you like the Open Micers podcast, but think Jay is too handsome, then check out the Jester's Court, hosted by Jason's fat twin, Mr. Mike Evelyn, found wherever podcasts are given away for free. Do you like retro video games? Then you should check out the Nerd Cave Retro on Spotify, iTunes, and wherever you can find podcasts. If you like the show, then you can join the Discord by going to the Nerd Cave Retro Twitter page and click the link at the top of the page. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by the lovely folks at our Patreon, www.patreon.com backslash podcast, including but not limited to Derek Shirley, Derek Diamond, Kathy Gutierrez Figueroa, and O-Rob himself, Mr. Robbie Hennig. Thank you guys so much for being patrons. And as patrons, you get to check out me and Jason eating hot wings of death and uh, I get tased for a second time in this month's bonus Patreon episode. So for as little as a dollar a month, you can go see that. And let's start the show. Let's do it. Time for the Open Micers Podcast. My name is Jason Robbins. I'm 15 minutes late, but I got chicken tenders and french fries, so and... I regret nothing. I'm Jacob Craig. <laughs> and we're doing a crossover episode this week with... Oh, oh, I didn't mean to start that. Hold on, stop. <laughs> like, like with the theme music again. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have you guys' theme music here. Uh, we have Mr. Jester, at Jester8082. From the Jester's Court Podcast, Mr. Mike Evelyn. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing great. And can I just butt in real quick and say, Jacob being late while bringing food with him <laughs> tracks 100%. Yeah, and he didn't bring any for the rest of us. So he damn is him. the guy that's going to roll into work 20 minutes late with a coffee. Like, yeah, I stopped. What? And another <laughs> special guest tonight. And I don't know if you, you have, I don't know if she's been on the show before. We have I've never been not, on the show. Never. No. We, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. It's Miss Jen Evelyn from the Innsmouth Rag podcast here tonight. Yeah, I'm here. And, and what we decided to do this evening, we did uh, an episode of Jester's Court, or I did an episode of Jester's Court, what, about a year ago? Late yeah, last been year? Like a it year. was, it was like, it was like episode five. Yeah, so it was one of my first episodes. It was fall, so not quite a year, but pretty much we can call it a year. And we were talking about Halloween three, and uh, of course, me and Mike like the movie. Jen does not like it. Hate it. Jacob does not like it. So we've decided out. to do another episode talking about the movie, but we've broken into two teams. We have Team Jester's Court, which is with me and Mike, and we have Team Ensmith Rag with Jacob and Jen. Yeah. And guess who's going to be attacking, and guess who's going to be defending? <laughs> oh, yeah. We've uh, we got Team Jada Pinkett Smith versus Team Wilford Brimley going on here. We have, pan- we have the diabetes. I, honest to God. Oh, my God. Pancreatically <laughs> challenged versus follically challenged. There's the connection. I couldn't get the connection for our side. So uh, what does that mean? If you have no hair, you automatically like the movie. If you have diabetes, you hate the movie. Is that just how it works? Or it's I, our lack. Of, it's our lack of being able to use our glucose properly that makes us hate this movie so much. <laughs> so yeah. it's glucose. It boils down to glucose is the reason. Look, you guys if Wilford Brimley was in this movie instead of Tom Atkins, automatic ten out of ten for yes. me. <laughs> hey, he hey, would fucking win it. Wilford Brimley would not have come up with the awesome workaround for. Um, what's her name? I can't think of the actress's name not being on the show Nipple. Yeah? Oh, yeah, yeah. I but, don't know. Um, but I can't yeah. see Wilford Brimley uh, drinking road beers, though. You know? <laughs> Dude, Wilford Brimley is the face of road beer. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, you don't have nice. a mustache that looks like that he, and don't have road beer. He'd have road oatmeal. That's what he would have. <laughs> <laughs> road, road oatmeal? Title of your sex tape? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe, I, maybe. It's definitely the title of his sex tape. So if you've never seen Halloween 3, it is the, the red-headed stepchild of the Halloween series. Even though, you know, we've got, we've got the new Halloween movies, which are retconned to be 
uh, direct sequels from the first movie, basically wiping out everything from two to uh, 78, wherever they stopped originally. 105. Yeah, 107, 108, somewhere around there. Um, and Halloween 3 was the outlier because originally what it was supposed to be was when John Carpenter made the Halloween series, he wanted to turn Halloween into a yearly anthology series. Each movie was supposed to be a different story. But when Halloween did so well, he was kind of forced into doing Halloween 2 with the return of Michael Myers. And that's why he definitively kills Michael Myers at the end of the second movie. I mean, there's no coming back from that. But he did. (laughs) Yeah, well, he did. But then they turned around and they did Halloween 3, which was a departure for the Halloween series. It did not feature Michael Myers. It was a different story altogether. It was not a slasher flick. It is a uh, science fiction-based horror movie. Um, sort of, Science fiction slash witchcraft. I, I was uh, going to say movie. sci-fi fantasy horror. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, that tracks. Yeah, okay. And, and yeah. some unintentional you know. humor. Yeah, it, yeah. It, because the original Can't be movie, even though, you know, Michael yeah. Myers is a fantastical, you know, unstoppable killing machine. The original Halloween one and two, they were still based in reality somewhat, like especially the first movie. I mean, he's basically just a serial killer on the loose. There's nothing really supernatural about him. Well, they explain it in the first two movies. It's like he's a he's a serial killer that's driven with so much pure evil and hate that he's completely unstoppable. Yeah. And that's like his supernatural ability is that he just hates everything so fucking much that you can't stop him. And I kind of relate. But it's still (laughs) grounded in reality somewhat. Halloween 3 goes in a whole different direction. It's got witchcraft. It's got science fiction elements. It's got robots. It's got got bugs. uh, It's got bugs coming out of people's mouths. There's so many bugs. (laughs) It's just like... (laughs) Who looked at this movie and was like, let's do masks, robots, bugs, and just a, a fast and loose plot and just fucking hope for the best well that would be tommy lee wallace the man who wrote yeah. it. yeah uh not really he tweaked it the actual writer took himself off of it oh i thought you were gonna say the actual writer took his own life and i was like that tracks <laughs> no he was not happy with the violence in the rewrite and had actually told them to take his name off what of violence there's like there's like one scene I, of robot violence i'm not the dude not i'm it. just telling you that the reason he that um, tommy gets well, full credit is because the original writer was like eh. there are some pretty good violent scenes in this movie especially the part at the beginning when the robot uh at the beginning of the movie the guy that uh, uh they find he's go, like being chased by the robots and they find him he's got the the mask and he goes to the hospital where we meet the great fantastic tom atkins as yes. uh, deadbeat dad, uh, who surgeon. wins the award for the most Doctor Daniel Chalice <laughs> is his name. But during that scene, one of the robots comes to the hospital, and um, I don't know exactly how you describe this. He like takes his, he puts gloves on for some reason. I mean, he's a robot, but he needs to have gloves on for this to kill this guy. <laughs> but he sticks his thumb and his his uh, pointer finger into the dude's eye sockets and like pulls his skull out. To kill him. That mm-hmm. was pretty violent. That was pretty gross. It's the same reason that we use antiseptic when we're giving someone a lethal injection. You don't want to have an infection. No, no, but see, then he goes and he wipes his hand on the freaking curtain and goes out to his car and blows up. <laughs> yeah. So what was the point in trying to like mitigate the fingerprints there? Yeah. He's like, never mind, blow up time. Yeah. Uh, uh, the guy's who, name I couldn't remember, by the way, the guy wrote the most of the story is Nigel Neals. K N E A L E S. Fucking boo, am I right? Fucking boo. <laughs> How do you not like the tone of this movie? It's this movie just screams uh, Halloween, uh, like uh, the season. You know, the season of Halloween. How it, how the Halloween season is supposed to feel. Well, number one, Connell Cochran's a dick because he went over there and he stole a piece of Stonehenge. Like you can't put that shit back. Okay, you stole you stole it. That's your dick. He's so a, that's the first thing. Um, he's a very successful businessman. He's a yes. very successful <laughs> businessman that turns all the kids into crickets. You know, and th- that's the next or thing. Or does Why he? Crickets? 
Why crickets? Why didn't you pick like a more interesting bug? Now you just have yeah. nasty crickets. Because it's gross I, and it, it's a joke on the children. Yeah, I don't understand the guy's motivation for this. Is His this, motivation All is, the kids are like taking, not taking advantage, but they don't take the Halloween seriously anymore. And yeah, um, okay, he so, wants to teach them a lesson. Okay, but like... It's right Why? there in the movie, Jacob. I mean, if you've watched it. So, no, but I'm, I mean, like, every <laughs> every villain is like, yeah, I want to do something to get powerful or rich. And this motherfucker is like, I want to teach the kids these days a lesson. Because well, he's so, already rich. He's yeah. bored with that now. The premise is, is that he's a he's got to be like a thousand years old. He's an old Celtic warlock is essentially the thing. Yeah. And in, in Neo-Druidism and in, you know, Celticism, I guess that's not even really a word, but whatever. Because in the um, bi- in the big exposition dump, when he's got uh, Tom Atkins in the chair, <laughs> pretty much. When he's got Tom Atkins, he said Atkins, it was sci-fi. Yeah, it's not sci-fi without an exposition dump. dump. Yeah, he he's got Tom Atkins in the ch- tied up in the chair, and he's got, he's put going to put the mask on him. He tells him the whole plot. He tells him the whole story. He's like, I you know I want to bring back the days of you know the the blood running through the streets, the sky's turning red, you know, uh, demons and and ghosts and goblins run the earth, like, and we worship them, and, like, all this cool stuff used to happen, and now people just, he even says, he's like, the kids go house to house begging for candy. Like, he hates what Halloween has become. His whole point is he has been on the earth for a couple thousand years, He's become one of the richest people on the planet by, you know, being a toy maker, basically. And he's done this whole plot as all this has been building towards him playing a joke on the children and making Halloween what it originally was supposed to be. The Festival of Samhain. Yeah. He's essentially a druid boomer. Okay. Basically, yeah. He doesn't like these damn millennials are running around ruining my holiday. Okay, boomer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I feel like he could have just like burned down the pumpkin spice factories instead of, you know, <laughs> trying to make magic robot bug that masks. Would not, if you that were would magic not. and you could do that, that's what you'd do. Why would he but be no, so mundane? No, it's not, Mike. That's not what I would fucking do. <laughs> on the top, if I was magic and rich, bug masks and robots would not be on the top of my list, okay? Yeah, but if you were been like think about it for a second. If you've been alive for say 2000 years, even like maybe you, even older than that, like how old are the druids? Like when Halloween, like a couple thousand years. If you're that old, you're probably and you're that rich. You're probably pretty freaking bored. I don't know. I feel like instead of this, what he did, he should have just tried butt stuff. <laughs> if he was that bored, <laughs> but let's 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 clear it up one hundred percent because I have a question. Mm-hmm. Now, have immortal answer. druid is that like vampires? They can just bury themselves for hundred years and they get bored. I'm no. asking Jim, the pagan. No, that is not how that works. And there's no such <laughs> thing as immortal pagans. So there. Um, I beg to differ because this guy is one. Druidism, actually, they do not believe that, that somebody could live forever. So that's, that's a thing. Um, but no, druids are not vampires. <laughs> but he was not a druid, though. He was a warlock. He was a warlock. Druids are warlock. all earth, earth magic and stuff like that. They wouldn't be summoning demons from the underworld. Yeah. I, yeah. I well, go this, back in time 20 years, 40 years and tell John Carpenter that. Yeah. I, this might not even be relevant, but I, uh, in a time before time, I, uh, I interviewed uh, a bit of an expert on druids and stuff. Mm-hmm. It was like director guy who was directing a movie about druids mm-hmm. and uh, all the like earth magic and like ley lines and shit. That shit's pretty legit. And it's, it's, it's not like scary magic it's kind of just like the origin of earth type stuff yeah, well they wouldn't tell cool. you the scary magic part that's just for them maybe yeah i don't know i just <laughs> my my interview with this guy had nothing to do with you know putting bugs masks. And rattlesnake yeah putting a mask on a kid and turning it into a fucking pile of bugs like, like and, why one the kid rattlesnake. To, wait, and one wait. rattlesnake but listen, I, listen, have, to, I can... have to ask Jen a question. As, sure. as a female, how do you deny the raw sexual power of Tom Atkins in his prime? Well, <laughs> the question is, you don't. <laughs> that's, the, that's the answer. <laughs> Jacob's got a big boner for him, obviously. 
Oh yeah. So Tom Matkins in his prime had a, had a just an amazing dad bod, didn't he? Oh yeah. I was gonna say you have to put the '80s filters on because I don't see it from today's perspective. But he was legit in all these movies as like you know the hunk. Yeah, because like I said, I mean, like I, I say before, he's the great valued Burt Reynolds. Right. That's what I was gonna say. It's like, he, <laughs> wait, he he has to be the Greer's version of Burt Reynolds because the the great value version of Burt Reynolds is Tom Selleck. So you know, oh, well, he would be. What's the uh, what's the Dollar General food? Uh, Clover <laughs> Clover Valley. He's the Clover uh, Valley. Yeah. Uh, it's Burt Reynolds. It's that line from Parks choice. and Rec where he's like. Did you know there was a generic version of Hydrox? I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Tom Atkins was famous for being like when they need available. Uh, you're right. Well, they they need like a rugged action star guy who they could pay like twenty thousand dollars to do this movie. <laughs> like he was he is the Scott Con of the eighties. Like nearly underpaid. No, I feel like he was the original Bruce Campbell. Like, Bruce Campbell became the Tom Atkins of the 90s because Bruce Campbell did a lot of independent horror movies where it's just like, why? How much did you get paid to do this crap movie? <laughs> like, he did a lot of movies. And Bruce Campbell is like the king of, you know, like king of schlock horror. I feel like Tom Atkins, you know, gave him a run, was like the, the godfather of, of schlock. Yeah, I feel like they called him to do Halloween 3, and his one question was, will there be craft services? <laughs> There'll be road beers, I can guarantee you that. And the answer so, is yes. Will I be able to awkwardly put a nipple in my mouth? And the answer is Listen, yes. Listen, can we talk about that for a second? How much puss did he get in this fucking movie? No, he, he was a I said this earlier. I said this earlier, but he wins the award for the most unearned ass ever. Oh, yeah. Like, That's what makes it great. Tripped and fell and like, hey, you want to have sex now? Yeah, well, I'm not talking about just that. So like when I was watching it again today, because I just finished watching it for the second, third, I don't know how many times I've watched this stupid movie now. I'm um, so sorry. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but I just got done watching it. So in the beginning, when he's there, he's like putting his hands on the nurse, right? So like yeah. he's got his, he like even smacks her on the ass at some point. And then he's got an ex-wife, but she makes a comment about mashing at some point. Then there's the mortician, like the the medical examiner. Yeah. She's like, we're going to dinner. And I mean, so he like literally gets so much puss. And then there's Ellie, you know, so he obviously what, smashes Ellie. Two, two random facts for that. One, the, um, the, um, oh God, the mortician mm -hmm. was added in post. They filmed the movie with him talking to no one. <laughs> Just his end of the conversation and like a voice in the phone. Nice. They added her and the relationship. And reshoot. <laughs> I didn't know That's that. That's a backwards way to do shit. No, here's the backwards way to do. Here's the skeezy guy way to do things. Ellie, the actress who played Ellie, I mentioned this a minute ago. She put in her contract, "I'm not going to show my my nipple." So instead of writing the scene where you couldn't see her boobs, they're like, "Okay, cool. This what we're going to do is we're going to put your nipple in his mouth, and then you can't see his nip, your nipple." Yeah, <laughs> that, so that was their solution. Because he was like. Turning his head like this, and I'm like, "Are you?" That's are why you that's such an like awkward move like, because Grr. he couldn't let it be shown. Look, in the 1980s, men had no idea how to pleasure women. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a fact. Didn't know uh, or didn't care. They, I can make I can make the argument either way. And also, there was nothing else to do because there was no internet. So it's like, yeah, fall into my arms and let's make love because I'm all out of room. I don't even think they had a TV in that hotel room. All they had was a radio. Right, it's like if you shower. Just, yeah, if you have nothing between you but space and opportunity, I learned that from Mike. Yes, I, it's my favorite '90s way of saying you want to fight, or or fuck. It works <laughs> yeah, both ways. Yes, apparently it does work for that as well. Nothing between us but space and opportunity. There you go. <laughs> so if you've never seen the, if you've never <laughs> seen this movie and you're wondering what the hell we're talking about, basically. <laughs> Uh, Tom Atkins is a surgeon slash uh, alcoholic. Alcoholic. Oh. Uh, he's uh, is he a surgeon or is he I, just kind of like he's, a, he's, 
he was working the ER. I just assumed that yeah, he was he's the a ER trauma doctor. doctor, so just like an ER doctor. I mean, but he was like, seemed like he was like over the whole hospital. Like he was the only doctor there well, in that. This hospital, hospital looked like mom and pa, mom and pa's hospital. He, they probably have like three doctors. Yeah, but apparently I he's mean, he's very unhappy with his job because this guy comes in holding a mask and says they're going to kill us all. They don't know what he's talking about. The guy dies mysteriously. Not mysteriously, but this robot dude comes in and kills him. Tom Atkins chases him out of the hospital. The dude sets himself on fire in the car, blows up. They don't know what the hell's going on. So the guy that died, his daughter comes in the next morning to um, identify the body. And they've got a connection going on there. And she somehow, she doesn't know how the dad died. She wants to know. And so that she finds him at the bar. Which the greatest line is, she said, the nurse told me I could find you here. Yeah, That's how you day, know you're a freaking of alcoholic. Shift, the nurse is like, oh no, yeah, he's at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> well, to, to be fair, I know people who work in ERs, and that's Tuesday for them. Yeah. <laughs> and so he decides that he, he doesn't like his, his life as a surgeon and follows her. Uh, they go to her dad's store, find out he's selling these masks. Uh, that one that he was holding in his hand. They find out that, that they're made at the Silver Shamrock factory, which is like a couple hours away. And then he decides to leave with her to go on this uh, this adventure slash uh, become a private detective, which he has no skills in whatsoever. She does all the detective work. He does none. He's just <laughs> he's just drinking beers and <laughs> along for the ride. Hey, I'm here to be sexy and have a penis. Yeah. And I've done my job. And rock a mustache. He's the Jacob Craig of Halloween 3. <laughs> and so they eventually really have much of a mustache. They find this, yeah. this town, this town that the, uh, the, the Silver Shamrock factory is in. And it's one of those weird towns where, like, no outsiders. Like, people don't like the outsiders. Also, the way it's filmed, this is where the movie, to me, becomes good. This yes. is what redeems everything else in the movie. Because you come into this village, and it's all creepy, but you can't put your finger on it. Very it's so well shot and just feels weird, and it's done very very well. And that to me is where this movie shines. And, and the- everybody speaks in you know normal American dialect except for the one dude at the motel who's got this thick Irish accent. Well, and, to be fair, and, and I, I, it's a they said it was an Irish town because yeah. a lot of Irish people settle there because of Conal Cochran, and the whole town revolves around this. Uh, silver shamrock factory. Also, I feel like that's the kind of bullheaded actor that just like my character would be like this, and like we can't afford to recast him, so we've got to just <laughs> fucking let him do it. Also, I know that Jason and Mompulu had know this because we talked about it the first time we did this this movie. But Jacob, did you catch who was on the loudspeaker in town? No, I didn't. It's Jamie Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. Oh, who did a cameo I... as the voice on the when they did when they called curfew? That's her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think I remember hearing that from when I watched the, the episode. There's a couple Easter eggs of Michael Myers in there. Yeah. Yeah, well, I know that they, saw, they see him on TV because like the Halloween movies and this film are like movies. Mm-hmm. The yeah. Horathon is what they call yeah. it, the Horathon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is actually what was playing in 1982 mm-hmm. on Halloween night. True facts. True facts. And, uh, and, and our hero, our quote hero is having none of it he's like change the freaking channel i don't want to watch this <laughs> yeah. i mean yeah because it that that song isn't oh you, wait, is wait, you're so annoying. I, you're, you're talking about halloween i'm talking about yeah. the commercial but yeah we're if you watch the movie be prepared you're gonna hear the happy happy halloween song 35 times I, you know, I saw it when i was looking at fun facts and i don't i it didn't write it down as one of the facts so i don't remember but i think they said nine times yeah that song plays throughout the movie <laughs> and that's one thing that this movie does good is that every time i hear it I'm scared to listen to it again. You want to like seriously <laughs> kick something next to you? Yeah, so that it'll but stop. I think that's the Jacob, whole point. Jacob, Jacob, happy, happy Halloween, <laughs> Halloween, Halloween. That's the whole point of the song. Is it's supposed to be unnerving and yeah. like aggravating? Did you guys catch that they got the countdown wrong? So like at first, in the very first time that you hear that, it says it we're four days away from Halloween, and then the next time you hear it, they say we're eight days away from <laughs> Halloween. And then the next time you hear it, they say we're two days away from Halloween. And I'm like, which is it? Is it you four? You sure it was eight, eight the two? second time? Because it four, was eight. 
four days is correct based on the timeline of the movie. Mm-hmm. 27th, 28th, 29th. I do remember at one point they said eight days, but I thought that was way earlier in the movie. Because this whole movie takes over the course of like a week. So the very first time that you hear the, the commercial, they say four days. Because I paid attention to that. Because I went back, when he said eight, I was like, the hell? And I went back and rewind it. Huh. So that way I would hear the first time That's again. just an like, editing mistake. <laughs> yeah. So um, four well, eight two. <laughs> one thing I do want to point out that I really like in on the IMDb page is the kid, the the really asshole kid, little buddy, mm-hmm. uh, that ha- that you know puts on the the pumpkin mask and gets turned in his whole head turns into a bunch of crickets and nasty stuff. Uh, his name is Brad Shakter, and mm-hmm. his IMDb picture is him with the mask on, like having his head melted. That's his IMDb so, picture. So clearly his career skyrocketed yeah. after this. Yeah. <laughs> that was the <laughs> only thing he's known for. <laughs> I mean, that was really good acting. I don't know any other actor who could have done that. Yeah. But the, yeah, with the crickets and everything. But yeah, so we go through the movie. Yeah, I got what you were saying, Jacob. I got you. They're, Thanks, they're, man. <laughs> things just get weird from then on. Like, I don't want to yeah. go through the whole plot, but let's just say it involves robots because you know, the Connell Cochran has apparently uh, mastered artificial intelligence and robots and uh, his, the, the love interest, Ellie, at some point in the movie gets turned into a robot as well when, and has, he has one of the funniest fight scenes with her on so ever to, in cinematic history. <laughs> and I just love it to death. Yeah. Okay. So look, here's what we need to discuss. Did Tom Atkins fuck the robot, Ellie? <laughs> yeah, because oh! at what point did she get turned into a robot? And well, I think I that explains figured, a lot. That would make more sense if she was a robot. I always figured that she got turned into a robot when she was stuffed in that room. Because, you know, like, that got separated at one point and she was, like, tied down to a room. So I'm like, that's when Ellie became a robot, that, right? That's my assumption as well. Or, uh, or... Was Ellie a robot the whole fucking time? The whole time. That's dude. what actually what I was about to was bring up because be, that- Tom Atkins is the only witness to the robot that blows himself up. So what if she was sent to bring him on that quest to the factory so that he could be killed? I mean, yeah. that would make sense because she gives conflicting stories about her dad. Like when when Ellie goes in there the first time to talk to him in the bar, she he's he she says, you know, did my dad say anything before he died? And he said, yeah, tell Ellie that I love her. And she was like, you're a terrible liar. My dad would never say that shit. But then the very next scene when they go to his store, she's like, Papa, Papa was such a, a warm and loving person. And I'm like, which is it? Yeah, which right. is it? So yeah. I think she was a robot the whole fucking time. <laughs> That's a good that- retcon for how she, you know, why she even bothered to ask the stranger who. She just met at the hospital to come with her. Well, that's what mm-hmm. I'm, I'm thinking. Maybe the first time we see Ellie when she's in the hospital to identify the body, that's the real Ellie. And then she just leaves. And that's the end we see of the real Ellie. And then when he's in the bar and she shows up, that's the robot Ellie. And, Which would make look, more sense dude, as a human being. Like, the only way we could tell if she's real or not is if we see her nipples and we don't. So... <laughs> She's probably not real, dude. I, I was going to say before we, we we got into it was that um, Tommy Lee Wallace is quoted as saying he has no freaking idea. It was it was it was not planned. There's no like Bible of the show or the movie that says what happened. There's no idea. Who knows? And, and that's what I respect about good writers is when you ask them a question about their work, they say, yeah, I got nothing, dude. You're like, there is a serious hole in here and I need you to explain it. And they're like, hole is hole. Yeah, it's like I... I wrote that on a Coke binge for $5,000. I don't remember what this tracks. I think the reason I like this movie so much is because it's so broken and weird and it just yeah. has a cool tone to it. And it's got that John Carpenter creepy music to it that just sets off the mood of the movie. And plus, when I saw this for the first time, this is actually the very first Halloween movie I ever saw. I, had, I didn't see Halloween 1 and 2. Until like I saw this for the first time, they used to be uh, on on our local Fox station on Sunday nights. There was this thing called uh, uh, Crown Dodge Chrysler Theater, and they would play just like horror movies and all that kind of stuff. This that was the first time I saw this was like 1986-87 I first saw this movie. I didn't see the first Halloween movies until like I was in high school, like the early 90s. 
So this was the first and only Halloween movie I'd seen up until that point. And it's the only one that's sponsored by Crown Dodge Chrysler. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but so it's, look, it, the, look, it's it's a great bad movie. That's yes. what it is. And I yeah. see Bob Dylan shaking correct. her head. Not 24 hours ago, you just said Return of the Living Dead was a good movie. It's a fucking great movie. And this is bad. Yeah. We're this not talking terrible. about that. We can't I compare. feel like There's both no of those movies, Return of the Living Dead and Halloween 3, are on the same level. Exactly. No. There's no comparing this to anything. You Listen, have to take this on its own merits, okay? There are nipples in Return of the Living Dead, okay? There I are realize nipples. that, but like, the amount of... on Whoa. nipples. But no puss. <laughs> You're right, there is no puss. But I know that those nipples don't belong to a robot because I exactly. saw them and they were warm. <laughs> they do eventually become zombie nipples, but they're still nipples. But not robot zombie nipples. Not robot zombie nipples. So here's my biggest uh, bone to pick with this movie, right? The mask, okay? The, the whole plot of this movie. The kids put on the masks and they turn into bugs or what fuck it ever, and it's this big trick, right? Mm-hmm. Wouldn't have it been so much better if when the kids put on these masks, they all get the same thirst and rage and urge to kill that Michael Myers had and goes on Michael a Myers fucking... Michael Myers is not part of this. No, look, Michael Myers is, is an inspiration in this universe. They know who mm-hmm. Michael Myers is. He's on the television. What if when they put these masks on, they turn into unstoppable serial Now, killers. look, Jacob, don't Wouldn't sit here and so write a better, better movie, okay? <laughs> Just take it for what it is, and that was Connell Cochran's plan, was but, to turn yes. all the kids' heads into buggy mush. But, dude, like, how much paint thinner and Red Bull do you have to huff to get fucking bugs and robots instead of just like, yeah, these kids put on these masks, and then they're fucking murderers, well, and they could even murder done, their parents? You could even done, like, where the mask, like, sticks onto their face, and it's just, like, mayhem. Like, they're now monster faces for the rest of their lives. I mean... Still a better movie than Bugs and Rattlesnake. Still a better love story than Still, Twilight. There we go. <laughs> Look, I like the movie the way it is. It's a classic. Same. Now, w- here's the thing. We could take your idea, Jacob, and make yeah. a remake, which is would arguably pl- be not, not necessarily a remake, but just sort of, what do they call them? Like a, uh, in- inspired by. Yeah, sort inspiration. of inspiration. It's yeah. a great age for stealing people's work. It is, man. Yeah, we should um, we should go on tour with this idea. We got to tell you guys about B Res Coffee Company. That's right. B Res Coffee is a small business established here on the Gulf Coast that was created for gamers by gamers. Whatever kind of coffee you like, they got you covered. Like the out of this world chocolate and caramel flavored roast, or the two hardies one ship, which is a rum and dark chocolate flavored roast. You can even get your very own open micers roast of coffee. So if you like us, you'll like this dark roast too. So head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use our code OM Podcast for 10% off of your order. You know what? Instead of making Connell Cochran like some 2,000-year-old Celtic, he should just be some dude with Alzheimer's, you know, that's like, I'm a warlock. Right. Played <laughs> by Jason, obviously. Right. There we go. There you go. <laughs> but then where would his motivation be? Because, I mean, he's just an old man with <laughs> a brain disorder. <laughs> he just fucking kids. hates. He hates kids, dude. He hates them. Well, that's just regular old people, man. <laughs> you don't have right. to have Alzheimer's to have that. And that's the title of the movie is Regular Old People. Regular Old People. Yeah. Do you think it already exists? Slowly slipping into senility. Mom Thulu, I'm going to ask you a a serious question here. Okay. Do you think you would have liked this movie better? Or do you think the public would have liked this movie better if they would have done like Tommy Lee Wallace wanted to do and not call it Halloween 3, just call it Season of the Witch? Like a Halloween story. No, I still would have hated it. No, look, th- this is what you think, man. Like, if you detach the Halloween from the season of the witch, you think it's going to get better. And everyone's gonna be like, oh, season of the witch is fucking great. But it's going to go into obscurity because the only thing holding it here is the fact that it's Halloween 3. If it wasn't Halloween 3, no one would be talking about this movie. It would just be like, oh, remember that dog shit movie, season of the witch that was on Mystery Science Theater 3000 one time? 
Like that's what Wait, it would be without. Is the this Halloween an episode day. of Mystery Three Thousand? Because <laughs> if this it is, I gotta well find be. that episode. I don't think it actually is as is an episode. It should of be Mystery no. I think if it, it would still be tied to the Halloween universe, if they would have said a Halloween story. Yes, but it's like also, with, if you if you detach it from Halloween, then it's not going to get better. It's because get then worse. what they what they could have done, they could have gone on with the you know the Michael Myers stuff. But the the anthology movies could have just been uh, Look, tangentially co- connected to the Halloween movies, like they were. I, I like the in this movie, where, like the Halloween movies stay on like the TV and stuff. Yeah. But Look, this is them finding out the hard way that as a studio, the investment in a Halloween movie without Michael Myers is not there. You huh. will not make money on a Halloween movie without Michael Myers. So it fun fact money, that though. this was the last um, Halloween movie that Universal did. <laughs> right. So yeah. they were like, uh, okay. You know, they were like, no. no you need Busta Rhymes. You need Busta Rhymes in the Halloween movies or they don't work. You have to have Busta Rhymes versus Michael Myers. But I mean, have you seen Halloween 4 and 5? Those movies are objectively awful. They're awful. Yeah, it's still better than three, though, aren't they? <laughs> no. It's by the amount way, of Busta Rhymes. By the them. way, it made over fourteen million. It only cost two million. So two point five million, and it grossed fourteen point four million so in the box. I'm office. gonna ask you a question so, here, Jacob. They could. Okay. What if they went back and CGI'd out Tom Atkins? And put Buster, uh, what's his Buster name? Buster Rhymes. Buster Rhymes. He, did not, he called, uh, called he did him Buster Rhymes. Can, Buster can I point Rhymes out, on my podcast. Can I, can I point out that if you have Buster Rhymes coming into a little quaint, isolated white town with a white woman, <laughs> the ending would be very, very different in 1982. Yeah, very no, different. It, it, it wouldn't have ended well at all. For so if, if Mr. Buster Rhymes himself was in this movie, would it make it better? Obviously, it would, dude. Yeah, like, no, course. no doubt about it. Buster Rhymes Buster makes everything Rimes. better. Look, it it did make a good profit margin. I'll give you that. It 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 did get out the box office. It became a cult film. But compare those box office gains versus Halloween one and two. Okay, and every other fucking Halloween movie, dude. Let's yeah, but Halloween up. one cost like ten dollars to make. Yeah, so it was yeah. so way good though. It was great. Let's see what Halloween 5 made at the box office. No, let's do Halloween 4. Let's let's do the one right after. Also, I feel like John Carpenter is like the 80s version of Kevin Smith where people are like, your movie sucks. He's like, my movie made money. I live off of it, so fuck you. I don't care. The Revenge of Michael Myers. It uh, the budget was five point five million and it grossed eleven point six million in the box office. So this movie so, made more money. Yes. Yeah, this movie and made more. Even, even before it, you adjust for inflation. But it made less than Halloween Four, the one right after with Michael Myers' big return. The budget was five million and the box office was seventeen point eight million. But then f- people found out how bad the movie sucked, and that's why they <laughs> yeah, didn't go see really five. Bad. Right, right, but. <laughs> But but that's all different patterns and trends. You know, you look at right before Halloween 3 and you look at right after Halloween 3 and compare the budgets. Like, there's something that the studios are seeing. They're like, yeah, we can't make money. Like, Yeah, the studios suck. The studio, yeah. the production companies for Halloween 5 was Magnum Pictures. For those of you listening on Jaster's Court, you remember we just talked about Alien 3 and how the studio fucked it up. They fucked yeah, it up. First of all, Jaster's Court is my favorite podcast. Jaster's. <laughs> That's what you said. So this it, is not coffee. It so is my know. opinion right now that if they would have done two separate, if they, they just missed out on a money-making opportunity to do an anthology Halloween series and keep the Michael Myers going at the same time. And every they could have flip flopped the movies every other year. One year you get a ma- mainline Halloween story, then the next Halloween you get the anthology, then then one after you get a ha- main mainline Halloween. That way you get a good two years to make each set of movies instead of trying to crank out one per year and coming up half assed. It made enough time. money. That's what they should have done, and it would have helped make more movies over time because. Yeah, what do we wait like ten years in between Michael Myers showing up? Yeah, because you get sick of it. No one wants to keep watching the same thing every yeah. summer. Yeah, this easy. would let you alternate it. That's easy to say in 2022, but no one was doing this back in the 80s. Like, there's oh, yeah. no, 
anthology they wanted to, they wanted movie. This to be actually an there is there is an anthology movie yeah, so if they had called it an anthology movie they would be they would be like competing with creep show yeah i was gonna say creep show collection there was a lot of yeah, anthology okay. horror movies back in the 80s because it was a lot easier to do you know, five short films and put them all in as one movie instead of doing just one big movie. Mm-hmm. Like Trick or Treat. Yeah, Trick or Treat's one of my favorite horror movies yeah, of all it's time. so fucking good. It's like the best movie ever. Now we're going to start talking about Trick or Treat. We got to focus. <laughs> yeah, we should talk about that instead of the dog shit one. You so suck. on the Innsmouth rag, <laughs> what, one of the things that we do is we talk about the effects of the movie. So let's let's transition to that instead of how much we hate it. Okay. So we're going to talk okay. about the blood, the gore, the transitions, the plot line as a whole, and whether or not you liked it. Okay. So starting with the violence and blood. Okay. There really isn't a lot of it. Yeah. There's movie. not a lot of violence no. or blood in the movie. Right. And the, yeah. some of the blood that we do see is actually yellow because it's not blood. It's just robot. It's not goo. human blood. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> And and watching this from a desensitized standpoint of the modern day, you see like the the whatever gore or like horror elements that are in it, and you're like, that's fucking weird, isn't it? Yeah, you're just kind of like, mm. you know, you got to remember, like you said, this is from our perspective now. Back, this is back when married with children was considered, you know, dangerous for the family. Yeah, right. You know, and every time <laughs> I saw the robot goo. It made me think of uh, orange juice concentrate that had been left out, and uh, I'm pretty uh, sure that's what they used to make it. Oh, they probably did. Because you I'm know, pretty sure I read somewhere that they used a lot of oatmeal and marshmallows it. to make their their gore. So it probably was like orange juice pudding or something. Yeah. <laughs> or, mm, orange juice pudding. <laughs> <laughs> oatmeal and marshmallows just got me like feeling some well, kind of diabetic. So, <laughs> I was just gonna say, just like Brimley used to make. So one oh, of the yeah. other things that we talk about whenever we do an Innsmouth rag is we talk about the transitions because everybody knows in horror movies, sometimes the transitions suck like just crazy. Um, so the transitions in this movie between scenes, were they easy to follow or were they hard to follow? And I have to say that they were actually pretty easy and seamless in my opinion. It wasn't because it jumping was around. a good, a well-directed movie. Eh, no, it was well, it's I don't edited. think it's a, it's a simply directed movie. It's very, it's <laughs> no, very simple. Well, but to, because, to me, yeah, simple is, is George kids. Lucas and Star White, okay? To be fair, this was, I think this was Tommy Lee Wallace's first movie that he did. Um, I think you're right. I think it, let me okay. look back. Yeah, this was his first movie. Before this, he worked as, I think, art director? Or was he the... He worked on the original Halloween movies with John Carpenter, and that's why he got the job as uh, director of this movie. Well, dude, you made a better first movie than this. Well, thank you. But, <laughs> like, what are we talking about here? Thank you, but still, it, it takes village. <laughs> so as far as trans transitions go, I think we can all agree that they're actually pretty seamless and easy to follow. They're yeah. not jumping all over the place and confusing the shit out of us. Yeah, yeah this so. this is not a movie that bounces around to a lot of places. It's very straightforward. No. Yeah. It's, it's okay. easy to follow except for the actual plot line of what's happening. Because what you don't pay attention. <laughs> no, so I do, dude. Here here's here's the thing that we gotta talk about whenever it comes to like the ends of rag as, as a um as a gossip rag. The plot line itself. Not whether or not you hated it, but whether or not you were able to understand it and follow it in a cohesive line. I so, understood it perfectly. Not. Yes. I understood it perfectly, too. So, Jacob, you just, I think you might just be dumb. Jacob's no, just fucking You guys stupid. aren't thinking about it enough. <laughs> I, under, I understand it. I get what they're going for. But my question is, why did they choose this to go for? Well, and but I see, don't understand a person doing that. That's not what we're talking about when we say we have to rate the plot. We have to rate the plot okay. and make sure that the story flows. And it does. It's the a story, flowable story. The story is a solid 2 out of 10. It works. There we go. A 2 out of 10. Out it of works. 10. All right. So I'm going to drive the, to bumfuck Mississippi the and slap you for that. <laughs> There's not a lot of effects in this movie. So we can't really talk about effects that aren't existing. No, it's right? pre-CGI. It's all practical. Mm -hmm. and yeah. It's pretty basic well, at that. But see, like, even a pre-CGI movie can have effects. Like, for example... Evil I just said Dead. it's all practical. Practical right. effects. I didn't it's say there just, were no effects. There's, yeah. like, no effects. I mean, there, there's one well, robot effects. scene. Unless you're aware of robots walking around and blowing up and goo coming out of them. There's okay. effects. Okay, Fucking okay, okay. You know how many children whose heads have turned into bugs? 
I mean, the effects that they did have are really good. Like when the the lady gets shot in the face with the the when she's messing with the little silver shamrock thing, and she gets shot in the face with it, and then they shoot come back to her, and her face is all mangled and like it's bugs like, are coming it's out. Like, it's like yeah, it's like bleh, I'll just gross. Yes, yeah. Rampage like in the it. chat room. He said he's never seen Halloween three. Now he's gonna have to watch this garbage. Yes, Who please. Said that? Yeah, dude, thank you. It's fucking garbage. Bro. I have the garbage. rampage in the You chat can't room. use him to agree with you. He hasn't seen it. <laughs> no, he already knows, dude. He's smart enough to know that it's dumb. <laughs> All right, so we're going to rate it now. That's what we do on the ends with Rag. We do a rating and we give it an average rating. So on a ten, scale of one a to fucking ten. fucking ten. <laughs> okay, so on a okay. scale of one to ten, We need to be ten, realistic or they're not going to take us seriously. Right, okay. on a scale we'll of realistic. one to ten, Jay, go first. Uh, on a scale of one to ten, I mean, it gets a, it. It has its problems, right? But is it the uh, the enjoyment factor for me trumps all the the dumb shit that's in the movie? <laughs> so I gotta give it's gonna get an I've got to give it an average rating, like it's an average movie, I guess. Uh, as far as that goes, like I'll give it a seven, but in my oh, heart, God, it's a ten. Dude. What okay. the fuck, okay. bro? My- Seven is too high. Uh, what did I did I give Evil Dead six point five? Yes. Okay. Did I gotta say six because I can't put this over the Evil Dead? See, okay. I, that's where we got a problem, Mike. <laughs> you gave Evil Dead two. Uh, what did you give it? A six or a seven? I gave that yeah. a seven. Evil Dead, Evil Dead, is Dead up two there, bro. is quite possibly one of the most perfect horror movies ever made. How it's could so you good. give it a seven? That movie is a solid, solid Ask, ten. Hey, that is one of the highest scores I've given. He really is hard over on the, the course scores. of Vince Rag. I am very hard on these movies. He really right? is. Like Insidious gave him such a boner. You have no idea. <laughs> Just the first one. Just the first. Just the one. first one. Like, Everything he had, else he had is around four to boner. six is my by, by, by range. Yeah. So Jacob, yeah. on a scale of one to ten. Okay. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be generous here, okay? Okay, I'm do gonna it. Be, I'm gonna be generous. Two and I'm gonna be realistic. Daddy's doing a podcast right now. I'm talking to people on the internet. All right. I'm gonna be generous. She wanted to I'm come in gonna... and say that Halloween three was her favorite movie. She's never gonna watch this garbage in her entire life. She's gonna I go buy it right now. That. I'll buy her a copy on on DVD for for Christmas. Yeah, baby, go find mama. <laughs> <laughs> no dude go find mama <laughs> go find mama he just said no dude is toddler we can't make uh, too much fun we've had to edit out our kids so many times uh, so many times welcome to mississippi <laughs> but anyways i'm gonna be generous i'm not i'm not gonna give it a one just to annoy jason i think that i got enjoyment from the pure ridiculousness of it i had a few laughs and it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. Okay, there are there are a few. <laughs> there's two. Are, there's two. There's a, there's a couple of movies I've seen that are worse than this one. Okay, I'd give it a three. A three. Okay. Um, Jason, I'm gonna need you to text very me. generous. I'm gonna need you to text me his address in the swamps. Okay. Look, dude. Um, hey, maybe hey, maybe throw me a good boat rental where I can get the rest of the way. Hey, daddy, you can you can you can come get all this yolk if you want, but you you better stop at the honey hole on your way and get some gator balls because you're gonna need them for all the balls that I got for you, baby. I'm just gonna bait you to a trap with some cheeseburgers and bacon, and it's gonna work, daddy. <laughs> all Don't right. Forget the so hot we, sauce. We, we did the, we did the the Innsmouth stuff. I have something. No, I no, 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 no. We're not done yet. I still haven't rated it. Oh, you haven't it. rated. That's right. Okay. Yeah, because you're too busy. You're talking. in the other room. I don't have to go so far to get you. So go ahead. Give me your number. Honestly, I give it a I give it a two. I have to rate it lower than Jacob. I hated this movie so much. I hated the time I spent to watch it. I hated it more than House One. And House that Four. I hated that it more than fair. House Four. You take that back. No. You Pretty take fair, that back. Man. House Four. Okay. So. An average Innsmouth rating of this is a four and a half. That is yeah. what this movie does for people. That's too <laughs> high, dude. Real quick. Four and a half <laughs> is too attorneys high. Attorneys and Pensacola. Look, I, I was very generous because in my heart, this is a two. But I was being generous because the, the laughs that I got that it wasn't supposed to give me bumped it up to a three for me because it inadvertently made me laugh my ass off at how just fucking horrible... And a waste of a time it is. There you go. See, so a four and a four, a four and a half is what it got. 
Um, and I'm going to throw this out here before he starts talking to the Jester's Court bullshit. Um, if you want to watch this movie and you don't want to spend the money to watch it's it because Tubi. it's terrible, you can watch it for free on Tubi. T-U-B-I, okay. Tubi, and uh, you have to watch it with commercials, but at least you're not paying for it. Yeah, not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. <laughs> but it should right. be. <laughs> so what I was going to bring from Jester's Court is fun facts. Do if you it. guys are ready for some fun facts. Sure. Yeah, dude. So um, the season of the witch, the subtitle is a nod to a George Romero film mm-hmm. in 1972 cool. called Season of the Witch. Season of the Witch. George it was a completely different movie. I dig Better, it. I'm sure. Uh, I actually have <laughs> never seen it, but now that he's mentioned it, we're going to fucking watch it. You should. Yeah. Yeah. Anything George Romero for me, like even if it's obviously bad, is pretty good. Why are you licking the air conditioning? Um, <laughs> she's talking to her dog. Um, the novelization of this film was more successful than the film. Weird. Wow. That, yeah. So this is the article reading. When Halloween 3 was released, it didn't exactly go over well with critics and audiences alike. It was the lowest performing film in the series at the time. At uh-huh. the time. At the yeah. time, Jacob. Yeah, well, and then Halloween 4 And the came sequel out. was heavily criticized for taking the series in an all new direction. Hold on. I got to ban uh, I Am the Rampage out of the chat room because he says, fun fact, nobody actually likes this movie. So I'm going perma- <laughs> to... <laughs> I'm gonna perma ban him from the chat room. Never again, my rampage. But um, but yeah. Anyway, so long story short, the novel is a bestseller. Wow! Really? I know what we're getting, Jason, for Christmas now. Right? Yeah. I'll read it. Hell yeah, um, I'll read it. Here's an either or, Jay, Jason, who's the fan of Atkins. I'll let you pick. Um, either the book is right or Tom Atkins is right. Tom mm. Atkins swears to this day, that Dr. Shalas saved everyone and ended the broadcast. He just screamed in the phone. <laughs> I don't think he ended all the broadcasts. I don't I think, think so either. I think yeah. there were still um, a few out there. The book that- agrees. The book actually keeps with the original ending of the movie, which is it ends with the sound of children screaming as the credits go. Oh, that would have been how awesome. The book ends it. Oh, that's, oh yeah! You know, that oh yeah! The original ending. For the, effect, the original yeah. ending. It went to black with just children screaming in the background, just letting you know he failed. Yeah, oh, that yeah. would have been good. They should have kept that in there. How amazing that, would that have been? Right. And I that's, hated this movie, and I like that. That's one positive thing I I do like about this movie is I like movies where like the bad guys win. I like it's movies like, where it ends it in a question where you get to fill in these blanks. You're like, oh my god! And then we get to have podcasts where we argue about who, yeah. you know. Which one's right? <laughs> well, it's like um, I like I like Infinity War better than Endgame. You know what I mean? Like I like it when the bad guys win, and you're like, "Holy shit, that never happened!" Yeah, and especially if you're a type of person that likes definitive endings, you're not gonna like this movie because it ends <laughs> <No>. very ambiguously. <laughs> um, the the town in California, Santa Mira, that's a nod to Invasion of the Body Snatchers. That's where that movie took place. Oh, cool! It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a fake town, but that's the same fake town as Body Snatchers. Yeah. Just like Shermer, Illinois. <laughs> and I only got two more. They're quick ones. Uh, Michael Myers was in this movie. Mm-hmm. And not yeah. just, no, no, not just on the TV like we talked about. Dick Warlock, the stuntman who played Michael Myers in Halloween 2, is in the movie credited as Assassin. Okay. I think I knew that at one point, but I didn't remember. So I knew Myers he was in actually, there somewhere. He actually is in the movie. He just <laughs> forgot his mask. Because pretty much everybody that had had something to do with the previous Halloween movies were in this movie at some point. And the last one I have is just a, a middle finger for Robert Ebert, who, at Jester's Court, we almost always hate. You mean Roger Ebert? Yes, I do mean Roger Ebert. You called him Robert Ebert. I'm aware. <laughs> Thank you. Come on, Jaster. Anyway, he he said the movie is his is on his most hated. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, Yeah. okay. I mean, why? But again, we disagree with Roger. God, I'm going to say Robert again. We we disagree with him a lot. We don't like him. Yeah, I I get that. I guess he's had some pretty shit takes in the scheme of things, but that's a pretty good one. Doggo, whoa. Yeah, he actually had some movies that were really good movies that he shit on and then came back later and was like, I was wrong. Yeah. I can't, I don't know which, I can't well, pinpoint which movie, but I know he, that happened several times. And he's also had some like really bad movies, like on the blurb of the DVD on the back, Roger Ebert's like 
oh my god this is fucking awesome five stars and it's like a shit and you watch it it's like starship troopers right yeah i think he's got a blurb <laughs> on my uh evil dead 2 uh vhs it's like roger ebert thumbs up see yeah well i mean that's understandable if i was doing the blurbs by the way i would put only the bad ones on there <laughs> like for your own book like if you wrote your own book you'd put all the bad blurbs on there yeah right yeah yeah yeah. just like the amazon comments <laughs> like who, who's told this guy he could write <laughs> yeah, like that. um but that i guess that's gonna bring us to the end of the episode uh i guess we've definitively uh narrowed down that this movie is great yeah horrible it's fantastic horribly great everybody Look. loves it Here's the thing. We've narrowed it down to the fact that A, the Innsmouth Rag podcast is amazing and it's available wherever you can listen to podcasts. B, the Jaster's Court is very good. (laughs) Both me and Jason Robbins have been guests on it and it's also, it's the Jaster's Court podcast that's also available wherever podcasts can be found. It's also very good. You should check that out too. And we've determined that We've presented evidence as to why this is dog shit and why it's really good and that you guys should go watch the movie and you should leave a comment on this video or on this podcast and tell us what you think about it because your votes are going to settle where we land on this. Isn't don't that, forget, if you don't want to pay for it, you can get it on TV for yeah, free. And, and that's the thing. Is, isn't that the point, like, like what really boils down to at least it's an interesting movie is because when, it, when it's an, an divides people so evenly yeah. between yes. hating it or loving it. There's nobody that is, that's like, ah, Halloween 3 is pretty good, or ah, yeah, I didn't really like it. And people are like, I love that movie, or like, I fucking hate it. Right. It's either going to be a giant waste of time, or it's going to be one of your new cult classic movies. Yeah. And that's why you should waste your time at least once. And, and I don't think it. I've ever experienced another movie that divides people so cleanly down the middle. Yeah, uh, ah, there's a, a few couple Star Wars movies. <laughs> yeah, but even Every with Star, Star Wars, Wars movie movies, there's that. always something to like, or you know, there's always something that's gonna piss you off or whatever. But like, there's not like because even with like as much as I don't like, you know, Rise of Skywalker, there's still stuff in there that I liked, you know, that I would watch it for. But you know, I'm not gonna say I hate it or love it. It's just kind of like, eh, it's one of the Star Wars movie. I'll watch it if it's on. <laughs> But I'm not the only like, bad Star Wars movie is Solo. Dude, you yeah, can get the hard hell out right it. now because Solo is great. <laughs> yeah, it's great not that, is it? So he tried to get me to watch it during the commentary and I have something called auditory processing disorder and he and his brother were talking the whole time. So I'm like trying to watch Solo and all I'm hearing is blah, blah, I'm an Evelyn, blah, blah. You know, like, and I'm like, I'm not getting any here's the thing i didn't like it the first time i watched it i watched it in the theater i was like eh, that wasn't that great but then i watched it a couple times afterwards and i I like it more and more the the more i watch it consistent and where i stand on it is it's kind of just meh and it's unnecessary it didn't it could have provided lore it could have built yeah that's the thing about eh. and it didn't do any of that Yeah. yeah here's the thing man there's more bad star wars movies than there are good and I'll fucking stand I will fight by that. you. I will fight you over that. <laughs> the entire new trilogy is garbage. Solo's bad. Attack oh. of the Clones is dog shit. We're gonna get hate mail. Um, yeah, <laughs> I, um, you fans, when you when you comment on this, just remember that is Jacob Craig of the Open Micers. Yeah, it, all hate mail by the Jester's Court. I'm yoked as fuck, and you don't want any of this because I get tased for fun. Send all your hate mail to uh, Jacob C. Craig uh, at gmail.com. <laughs> it's Jacob C. Craig on Twitter. Tweet at me, you fucking yeah. virgins. <laughs> or I think on Facebook, he's Jacob's Not Funny, I think is what he's called. Yeah, Jacob is. Uh, that should totally be my right. Instagram handle is Jacob's Not Funny. That's actually a pretty good handle. I might steal that. All right, yeah. well, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. Uh, uh, let's start with Jen. Tell everybody where they can find you on the interwebs. I'm going to go ahead and pass that torch off to Mike. <laughs> <laughs> 
she does not know her own socials. I do not even do social media very well. I came up with this idea to have a podcast, and then I was like, what's social media? Um, just so you guys know, if anyone talks to us on social media, Insmith Rag, that's me you're talking to. Yeah, you're not talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> so you can find the Insmith Rag at Insmith Rag PC on Instagram and Twitter. It would be Facebook, but apparently I have too many pages and it won't let me create a new one and she doesn't create her own stuff. Oh, so. I guess I could do that. <laughs> Shit. Um, and then if the next thing you were going to ask is Jester's Court, Jester's Court pod at Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Jacob, got anything yeah. coming up here soon or no? Yeah, so not, not necessarily soon, but I did just book a show. Uh, it's a headlining gig. I don't know if I can announce it yet, but uh, I'm going to be headlining at a spot in Biloxi in August. So I've got is some stand-up. Is this a legit spa or is it one of those handy job spas? Yes. <laughs> a spa. In, in Illinois, oh, we I have was all kidding, kinds of spas But his response everywhere. totally says yes. <laughs> Anyways, I've got, I got some stand-ups coming up uh, in August. And um, we, are go- we have a whole good month of episodes coming up in July. Not sure what we're going to do for our bonus Patreon yet, but you can go to patreon.com uh, backslash OM podcast and you will get our bonus episode, our bonus, whatever pain we decide to put ourselves through, and early access to a great comedian and very specifically a current UFC fighter, which we have never interviewed someone like that before. Super fucking excited Ooh. for that. Nice. As far as I go, just follow me on Twitter at jfunktastic, and I'll let you know when I got stuff coming up. And uh, that's going to do it for this week. Thank you guys for coming on the show and uh, defending and attacking Halloween 3. And uh, go follow their podcast. I'll put everything in the show notes. And if you would like to email us, you can email us at openmikerspodcast@gmail.com. Openmikers.com takes you straight to our brand new website. And also, uh, you can go check out our uh, link tree at any of our social medias just go click that link tree link and it takes you everywhere you need to go so we're going to go ahead and get out of here thank you guys and we'll see you next week